During college, when my friends and I would drink, we'd talk about women and our relationships, but this particular night was different. We got really deep on the topic of death and mortality. Things like bucket lists and other goals in life were discussed, but we moved on to horror stories somehow. None of my friends knew this about me at the time, but I was deeply fascinated by everything paranormal. So even in my inebriated state, I was deeply engaged. Soon, uh, my friend Tony had the floor, and he talked about how he and his old friend had found something on a message board called the Cemetery Game. He had the image saved to his phone, but it was extremely low quality. He said that by using the right ritual, you could summon any spirit. Unfortunately, most of my friends were in too much of a stupor to give much attention, and with people making arrangements to get home not long after, we moved on quickly. I made plans to stay the night, and to my surprise, so had Tony. When the night was unwinding, and as people were sliding off to unconsciousness, I sparked up a conversation with Tony. I asked him if he thought the game was real, and he revealed the details. Uh, to say I discovered it wouldn't be the truth, uh, my friend Alec showed me what looked to be a spam text message. I don't actually know its origin. I, I asked him to send it to me. When I saw where it linked and the post, I was for sure a little scared. My friend told me he was going to perform the ritual, and I haven't heard from him since. He doesn't answer his texts and doesn't have any living relatives to my knowledge. Tony then revealed that he'd regretted sharing the information he had with the group. In my intoxication, I pushed him to forward me the text message. He was quite resistant at first, but after some convincing, he caved. He asked me to promise not to read the text until the next day. After he went to sleep, I just couldn't resist the urge to look at the text and so I did so. If you wish to see the other side, free of price, look no further. What is known as the cemetery game offers a solution. Please refer to the link. The text read. I clicked the link. It sent me to a shady-looking message board, but more specifically to a post on that message board titled The Cemetery Game. I could see what Tony was talking about. Uh, everything looked unnerving. From drawing strange shapes with chalk, uh, using candles and doing a chant, I noticed that it also required something that had died during the same day as an offering. Uh, the next day after I had sobered up, I walked home. I had work and school on my mind, but I recall it being an uneventful and somewhat nice walk. Uh, that was until I spooked a raccoon into running into the street. When it happened, I was somewhat startled. He darted from a trash can, then ran into the streets, where he was hit by a truck. I witnessed the whole thing. I went to my apartment and reflected on what I had witnessed. I remembered the ritual and made the decision that I'd do it and use the raccoon's corpse. While I was confident no one would report me for collecting roadkill... I was cautious as to not draw attention to myself. I scraped the raccoon into a bag, I put it in the backyard as I went to local stores and bought the other items I needed for the ritual, and then I waited until it was late. As it got darker, I decided I'd go to the second closest graveyard I knew. I chose the second closest to make sure I had better chances of not getting caught, as it was more secluded. 
I put the raccoon and my items into my backpack. When I got into the graveyard, I realized that the gate had been locked. I squeezed the bag through the gates and managed to scale it. From there, I walked through the graveyard. I used a flashlight and navigated to the center. I then collected the essential objects from my bag. Using the chalk I had bought, I recreated the odd shape to the best of my ability. I put the candles on the side of the object and lit them. I then dropped the raccoon from the garbage bag into the center of the objects I drew. I opened the text and read aloud the chant. Once I finished, I waited ten seconds. I didn't encounter a single spirit, and I began to feel cheated. Then it hit me. It was like I got shocked by lightning and immediately blacked out. When I awoke, I was laying on the concrete. I got up and immediately noticed a body laying on the ground about ten feet away from me. I walked up to it and couldn't believe it. I was staring at myself. I felt an immense panic as I processed things. I started considering what I would do. Then I noticed it. My body was still breathing. After some time, as I stood there, my body opened my eyes and sat up. My body stared at me, and then it got up and started walking away. Hey, where are you going? I yelled to whoever or whatever was controlling my body, but they didn't listen. I witnessed myself scale the gates and leave. With a sensation of true shock and panic, I hadn't even considered looking down at myself. That's when I recognized my new body was pale and lacked any detail. I noticed that I wasn't alone. Silhouettes and dark shapes populated the graveyard. I recognized that the light from the street lamps were mute. Yet, oddly, I could see through the darkness somewhat well. I tried to feel my new body, but was alarmed to realize my arms went through myself. As I walked to the graveyard, I couldn't stop the sensation that I was getting nasty looks. When I made it to the gates, I considered how I would get over. Then when I put my hand up to touch the gates, my arm went directly through it. I passed through the gates and began walking down the street. I soon passed by a bar. I anticipated that maybe someone would see and help me. It wasn't just that no one paid attention to me and everyone literally passed through me, but it was as if society had gotten up and left me behind. I was now a bystander in the life I once called mine. I concluded that the only thing I could do was go to my apartment and see if I could track myself down. To my dismay, when I got to my apartment, whoever was controlling my body wasn't there. I decided to wait there until day. I don't know if I was anticipating for my body to come back, but what I certainly didn't expect was how weak I felt as the sun came up. The sun itself felt like a ton of bricks, and I would disappear the closer I got to the direct sunlight. As I waited until the next night, I contemplated my options. I needed to either find my own body or figure out a way to return myself to it. I remembered that Tony's friend was the one who sent him the original text, I decided I had to track him down. Uh, to do that, I concluded I needed to find Tony and hope he crossed paths with his friend. Once night rolled around and I regained my strength, I began my journey to Tony. 
As I walked the streets, I passed people unknowingly living with all kinds of entities. Some were entities I haven't even imagined. Uh, some would bring fear had I been alive, but uh, in the form I was in, I was one of them. Tony's apartment was harder to find than I had expected. He lived with his parents. I rarely went there, unless I was with my friends while we were picking him up. Tony was up for a few hours, and I followed him around his house. I just couldn't stop hoping he'd see me, but of course he never did. While he slept, I decided I'd wander the streets. I came back before the sun rose. I would do this for a few days, which then turned to weeks. In the new world I found myself in, I was alone. I knew my family was probably trying to contact me at this point, uh, that my job had fired me, and that I would be late on my rent. It was also becoming more and more obvious that my body was becoming more transparent, uh, much like my hope. While I walked the streets one night, I noticed a newspaper. I had seen many newspapers up to that point, but this one was different. Something immediately caught my attention. I couldn't pinpoint it at first, so I walked up to it. There was a face on the front page, but also a name. I went closer and noticed it said, Alec Beinard was arrested Tuesday in connection with multiple hit-and-runs. He was unable to remember even simple details of his life, besides about the previous month. Officer Dan Rinch said, He is currently being held at the local jail and is in monitored isolation until he is sentenced. I waited until the next night and made my way to the jail. It wasn't easy to find him, but considering I could pass through walls, it made things much easier. I found him sleeping in his cell. Soon he rolled over and his eyes lit up when he saw me, but he immediately rolled back over. He pretended to sleep for a few hours, then he finally rolled back over and spoke to me. Something tells me you want something. Can I help you? He questioned. Uh, you can see me? Uh, that's great. I responded. Then I continued. Do you know how I can get my body back? Unfortunately, I can't help you. Unless... He again spoke. Uh, what? I'll do anything. I replied. He sat fully up, and he said, Anything, you say. The ritual can only be performed using a living participant. I know how to do it, but I require that you bring another spirit to me. Before I could respond, he continued, I need you to bring me the last host of the body I currently reside in. They think I'm a murderous nut and want to lock me up until I begin to decompose again. I can't have that. I thought I'd like this world, but I'm too far lost from it now. The spirit that was controlling Alec's body then told me where I could find him. Apparently, they had chatted after Alec lost his body. Then he said one last thing before I left. I can see you're already fading. That means you're losing energy. You're not there yet, but if you wait too long, you won't be able to return back to your body. So be quick. I found Alec in a courtyard in the city. He was more faded and was spending time with other spirits. It, it was odd, although I couldn't make out faces. 
I almost had an intuition of what spirits looked like in their mortal form. Of course, Alec didn't know who I was, and when I tried to explain to him what was going on, he had no inclination to help me. It didn't hit at first, but the realization that I could be like this forever started to weigh on me, and I fell to the ground. If I could cry, I'd be sobbing like a baby. Alex soon began comforting me. He then said he'd help me, but to only find my body. I instantly felt regret and confessed to Alec that I had made a deal to return him to his body. Alec seemed upset by the thoughts, but then told me that he could do one better. He had researched the ritual and had a return to his body, uh, had he wanted. We needed to find my body, and we'd have to get to the jail in time. We didn't have any leads and could only travel at night, but we started going back to the graveyard I lost my body in. Alec and I began going around and asking the entities that resided there if they knew information. Uh, one of the spirits recognized me and told us that the spirit who was in control of my body had wanted to fish again. There were many places to go fishing. We tried one each night for about a week. I was again losing hope. But Alec had one last location. We went there and I could tell how weak and transparent I had become. There was a man-made shelter made from sticks next to the lake we had found. We found my body, but they wouldn't budge. They refused to go along with our plans. Nights passed as Alec and I sat near the lake and I watched as my body fished. It was becoming obvious that if things were to continue, we might as well leave. Then Alec decided to go up to the spirits, inhabiting my body alone. I believed it was most likely pointless, as we had annoyed him for hours. Unlike the many other times that we tried to interact with whatever was controlling my body, they seemed to actually react to what Alec said. Then something happened that I still think about to this day. He put down his rod as Alec sat next to him, and they chatted. For a good few minutes, this went on, and eventually they both got up and walked to me. Our plan was in motion, much like Alec had first intended, but we still weren't done. We managed to make it to the jail with just a little over an hour until sunlight. We made our way through the jail while my body was outside, not far from the cell with Alec's body. Before we got to the cell, I stopped Alec and asked him two questions. Why don't you want to live? And what did you tell my body? Alec stopped and opened up. To be honest, I was more miserable alive than dead. I can be with my family now. The same goes for the spirits controlling our bodies. But it's different for you. You have a life to live. You aren't ready to exist like this. Now let's go. What Alec had failed to tell me is that he timed everything perfectly, so that he could no longer transfer bodies. When we went to the cell, it was obvious he didn't know what day it was. He continued on with the ritual. He said the chant while we stood there. Then it happened again. Like a shock of lightning, I blacked out and awoke outside the jail. I returned to my life with some problems. Considering I had a missing persons report, I had to make up a story that it was on purpose. I got back in touch with my family, but that didn't solve my issues. 
I'd never felt truly reconnected since I played the cemetery game. While I walk the streets, I think of my past experiences and what it all means. I hear Alec's name often. The spirit who inhabits his body is often referenced in the local media as being a special case lunatic. He's locked up for good, and I'll probably never see him in person again. But every time I think of him, I get the unnerving feeling that at some point, I will return to my prior state, and I don't take things for granted.